You're listening to an all-new episode of Off the Rails with Sloppy Yellow. Views and opinions expressed here reflect hardcore fan perspectives and sometimes might be factual. Be advised, this podcast may contain adult language. What's going on, everybody? This is your aspiring Jackman, uh, Jimmy Wags, back at it again. And uh, we're shaking and baking this week, uh, riding with uh, our tire specialist slash Aspiring barbecue master, uh, Mr. Rob Lowe's. What's going on, Rob? How you doing, man? Greetings, everyone. I'm going. I'm doing good. Wags. Um, we're we're going a little short staff today. It seems with uh, no Billy Bradley and and Dado taking care of some family things. I mean, we're whittling down the crowd, and it's me and you. I hope they hope you hang around because I don't think I could do this by myself. I don't. I think it'd be pretty boring. But we're gonna make it happen because that's what we do. I don't know how you feel. My back has been literally hurting the last two weeks because you and I have been carrying this show, man. Like <laughs> we absolutely have been carrying it on our backs. I and, mean, you know, hey. Dado and Billy are just, you know, off doing smelling the the, the the daffodils and daisies, and you know, we, we out here doing real work in the streets, man. Yeah, we got it. We got to get it done. We'll, we'll carry it. Well, maybe we'll get. We'll, maybe we'll catch a break one of these days. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> so I just, uh, I'm glad, man. You, you you didn't melt out in Texas. Obviously, it, it was a hot one out there. Um, there were reports that uh, there was temperatures upwards of over 5,000 degrees uh, in Texas. Uh, no, nah, just joking. But uh, how, how did you guys handle the heat, man? Uh, well, I'll tell you what. You're exactly right. It was extremely hot, which is the reason why we probably don't go to Texas in July. Um, asphalt temperatures were way up in the 130 range. You know, I, I saw stuff in, in the 130s to start with. And I will say that there was some saving grace during the race because it was partly, I, I'm not even going to say partly cloudy, but there were some scattered clouds. And every once in a while, one would pass over, you know, kind of block the sun a little bit. And you noticed, I mean, it was like a three, four, five degree temperature drop in asphalt temperature. And, you know, there was a little breeze blowing. So it made it a little more bearable. But, you you know, you can always tell that it's a hot race when they start putting thermometers in the cars with in-car cameras, you know, so you can – so the people at home can see what's going on in there. And temperatures were uh, – I think the temperatures that I saw in some of those were like a buck 30. Yeah, I think the high you know, top was like 140. And that was, um, that was during the red flag later on in the race. Yeah. It got up with a, a 140 degrees, so – uh, which I know right Newman, to... during that red, during that red, Newman was asking for ice cream. He goes, tell them if they bring me water, tell them to bring me an ice cream, too. Because, you know, when they park them under red, they'll bring water to the drivers. Mm-hmm. Well, he was saying over the radio, he says, hey, if they're, tell them if they're going to bring water, bring ice cream. I was just sitting here eating ice cream while we're waiting. So we were kind of amused about that. But <laughs> if, if I'm not mistaken, at some point during the race, Clint Boyer had a, uh, a leaf blower blowing at him in his car. Yes. Like, I... Where did the hell did that come from? <laughs> well, we keep we keep those little leaf blowers on pit road to like blow out the pit stall and what have you and um and when and those and that particular version like we have actually and there's a lot of teams that use them when we're practicing we'll have those blowing on the wheels and tires to help cool the brakes and keep the tire and get the tires cooled back down and those assemblies cool back down to make the runs a little more accurate. Okay. Not constantly going out on hot tires. So, you know, that's a that little unit there right there is a common thing amongst the garage. And I guess, you know, I think they were, what, sitting on pit road for repairs or something like that? Yeah, yeah. And 
they just put the leaf blower, you know, to blow some fresh air across. I mean, I don't know. I guess it would help. I mean, you're blowing, it might cool the air a little bit, but, you know, when it's that hot, you know, who knows? But it had to help him a little bit, I guess. Well, uh, the uh, well, the race started off with a bang. Uh, your pole sitter, Eric Amarola, uh, rolling off pit road, reported that he didn't have any brakes. Yeah, and, that was uh, weird. Yeah, he, he said that he had to wind up pumping. When he would pump the brakes a couple times, he would get some pressure there and, um, he, he made his first pit stop and didn't seem to have uh, any issues, but um, that had to be well, a little worse with no brakes starting the race going down into turn one in Texas. Yeah, that's for sure, especially since that's the flatter corner of the two. Um, and, you know, that's that's one of those byproducts that of not having practice or anything like that because, you know, when, when you're at the shop, you know, all that stuff's going through. Brakes are bled and, you know, pedals checked and pressures are checked and all that sort of stuff. And and it's happened to I happened to everybody. Like you get to you get to the racetrack and you know the driver will go out and then all of a sudden he's like, hey, um, I got you know brakes are soft. We need to bleed these in between practices and what have you. And that's that's one of those byproducts of not having practice that you don't get to catch that little thing. You know, it might have been an air pocket that got missed or something happened there. And you know I I guess it must have went away because he ran pretty good. And you said. You said he didn't have any problems getting on pit road for that first stop until he left. Yeah. He got a merge violation or something. He did. He did. Because uh, in, in Saturday's race, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was Justin Algar that got hit with the blend line violation. Blend line, and, that's it, yeah. And um, lo and behold, Eric Almarola comes off of uh, pit road, is going down on the, uh, the apron there and, and starts to blend up before you get to the uh, dotted line off of uh, turn two. And yeah. NASCAR said, uh, hey, buddy, you blended too early. Um, and he wound up losing a couple laps there. Uh, and even Kevin Harvick, who pitted right behind him, seemed to, to, to blend a, l- a little early as well. But they didn't they didn't call it on Harvick. Definitely not as early as the 10. Um, right. But, you know, it, it's interesting to see NASCAR make those judgment calls, you know, because obviously every racetrack is different as far as where they blend. And, Especially with the you know the drivers not having an in-person meeting, they're doing everything online. Um, I'm sure that would have been a tough thing to ask about as far as where they where they blend back up on track. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and who knows? You know, the cool thing about that, like you said, the in-person drivers meeting is you know they're there, they can ask questions, and they're probably a little more tuned in when they're sitting there listening to it when they're sitting there and the guys are talking to them face to face. Whereas when they do the drivers meeting you know, via webcam or whatever, you know, maybe they're, they might not be, they might be tuned out a little bit, or maybe they were distracted, or maybe they're like, okay, you know, we know where to blend, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I mean, they get the text, and they're like, oh, yeah, man, that dotted line's a little further in the corner than it is in some other places, and, and you mentioned Kevin Harvick, it did, you're exactly right, it did look like he was, he was up on the racetrack a little sooner than, than where that, dotted line was but like you said it's a judgment call and they must have felt like he was okay so yeah tough call either way definitely definitely uh so obviously uh stage one winner ryan blaney uh dominated stage one uh also in stage one jimmy johnson um wind up uh getting into the wall uh Sounds like they said on his radio that uh, he may have cut a tire uh, off of uh, turn four. 
um, and, and pounded the uh, the outside wall there. And Timmy Johnson just continues to have bad luck this season. Seems yeah. like he's he's got some speed, and, and um, I know he's pressing to get that win to get in the playoffs in his last season before he retires. But uh, Lady Luck has not been nice to old seven time. That's a true story. I mean, and like you said, they've they've had a lot of speed, you know, week in and week out, and they just can't seem to catch a break. And I they were they were pitted a little too far away for me to get down there under the circumstances to ask. And uh, I don't know if he cut a tire or what happened, but yeah, I mean, that's a good possibility that that did. And Texas isn't Texas wasn't really hard on tires. You know, ever since they resurfaced it, that place has been a lot easier on tires than it used to be. And I wouldn't think it was a wear issue or anything like that. So he probably did run something over because you don't see Jimmy Johnson just pound the fence all by himself. That's for sure. Definitely not not at the caliper of driver that he is. But uh, No. Um, and that, that's the next thing I was going to ask you about, uh, tires. Tires really didn't seem to, to play as much as uh, of a part throughout the race. You know, guys wind up uh, taking two, some took none, mm-hmm. um, some guys took four, and it, it really didn't seem like a guy had an advantage whether it was two or four. No, and, and I think the biggest thing about it was, like, we put lefts on a couple times because le- the left side tires were the bigger wearers, bigger wearers. I don't know that sounds about right, I guess. Huh. The bigger, the, the more wearing tires were the lefts, so we pop, we popped lefts on a couple times, plus we were tight. So putting left sides on would help free him up a little bit, and uh, yeah, it's, it it was a tra- it was a big track position thing. Um, the other thing that we noticed with the traction compound down uh, that came into play some and restarts top is the place to be, and that played a big role. If you came out on the bottom, unless you were in maybe the first two rows, you were in deep trouble. Yeah, I, just watching the race, it, it seemed like. It seemed like uh, the top line, especially on restarts, was definitely where the, the place would be. And as the as the run got on, it seemed like the the bottom seemed to to, to crank out the speed throughout the run. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Blaney wins stage two, and uh, Ryan Blaney wound up leading 150 laps uh, in the race. And Ryan Blaney continues to show his his dominance early in the season, but uh, he just seems to can't put all three stages together. And that yeah. takes us to the beginning of stage three. Seems like we uh, we were restricted plate racing at Texas because they had a big one going down the front straightaway, didn't they? Yeah, that was crazy. Uh, what was it? The 18 got squeezed there and went sliding through the grass and and all that. Yeah, it looked I like, think it was... looked like they uh, they were three wide coming down the front stretch and uh, the 10 got into the 18. He got pinched and he got into the 18. The 18 hooked the 19 uh, right back into the wall. Um, Destroyed had, that. Uh, Ryan Priest got involved. Uh, Kurt, I mean, I'm sorry, Kyle Busch wind up uh, running through uh, the infield grass and not really tearing up his car much at all. Yeah. Uh, he winds up carrying on, and uh, you go from hero to zero. Uh, Cole Custer, our winner last week at Kentucky, and gets taken out in this wreck um, yep. this week at, at Texas. So it, the, the sport seems to humble you real quick when you sort of have your highs to highs, you know? Yeah, that's a true story. You, I couldn't have said it better. I mean, it. You're, I think the, the saying goes, you're only as good as your last race. Well, you know, you can go, like you just said, Jimmy, you can go from hero to zero in a hurry because it will, you know, nothing's, nothing's a given, that's for sure. And we went from one mile and a half to another. Granted, it was a different style, but next thing you know, you're, 
you're down and out and you know tough day for him tough day for a lot of guys like you said there were some good cars got tore up got tore up that day uh you know crazy in in texas yeah crazy crazy stat i heard ryan priest this is the third race in a row he's finished dead last that wow i I don't think i've ever seen that in all the years i've been watching a guy finish dead last three straight races in a row Tough, yeah, tough now that, break there for uh, for the JTD Jordy team. Yeah, that's that right there. I mean, you we can talk about Cole Custer having a hard day, and but when you're dead last three races in a row, you're definitely looking to uh, you know looking for some better mojo than what you had. That's for sure. And um, that that brings us to probably the the biggest story of this race. Um, old uh, P1 Quinn Huff. Uh, decides to pit from lane five on the 105 <laughs> expressway and uh, winds up winds up uh, getting into Christopher Bell and also uh, taking out Matt DiBenedetto. We'll yep. talk about that a little later. Uh, that that absolutely killed my pick uh, for my, my uh, dark horse. But uh, yeah. Quinn Huff uh, coming down from the third lane there and, and um, taking out two, two really good cars, I'm sure, Joe Gibbs and – and uh, the guys over at the Wood Brothers team were not happy about that. And um, For sure. it, uh, to me, watching it on TV, I could not believe that he would do that. And I, I listened to the radioactive uh, that they posted after the race, and I heard his crew chief say pit, but I, I just, it befuddles me to see a guy just drop all the way from the high, the high lane down to the bottom and, and yeah. took out two, two, uh, two good cars. Yeah, for sure. For sure, and you know, it, we saw just for, for an example for pit stops. I mean, you watch Kyle come to pit road under green, and he barrels it down in there, and he's on the white line, and he barrels it in there, and locks him down to get down to pit road speed. Well, you know, the double zero was I don't know probably several laps down. I don't know exactly, but um and he looked like he was off the pace it looked like he was almost at caution speed coming on pit road but he wasn't on the white line or or below it so i i don't know what the it's hard to it's hard to imagine what the thought process was there you know what i mean yep and and nascar uh made an announcement on uh well we heard through um a report that nascar was going to have a talk with uh with quinn leading up to the race in kansas and wouldn't wouldn't we both love to be a fly on the wall in that conversation? Yeah, for sure. I can't imagine what what NASCAR would have to say. Well, I probably can, but uh, probably like, hey, man, you need to get your head together here. <laughs> because I, apparently, I mean, I guess he's been, you know, this is not the first time that there's been incidents involving him in a race car as far as, you know, mishaps or what have you. I mean, I, I don't keep a stat on that or keep track of it, but. For NASCAR wanting to talk to you about it, it's got to be a it's got to be a big deal, and it's got to ha- it's had to happen more than once. That's for sure. Definitely, and and you know I, I'll play devil's advocate to the situation and the fact that you know Quinn Huff, I haven't heard of the guy prior to him driving in a Cup car, and you know unfortunately in light of these incidents that he's continuing to have, his name is getting out there in a negative light, and yeah, uh, you know I, just being a throwback fan that I am, you know. I'm used to seeing guys graduate up into the Cup Series, and I just I really haven't heard of Quinn Huff before he got into the uh, Cup Series uh, this season. So, you know, hopefully NASCAR has a good uh, conversation with him. 
Um, he he's got to be better, man, because you, you're tearing up a hundred fifty thousand dollar race cars, and you know his team is not paying Joe Gibbs Racing and and the Wood Brothers for the damage that they caused on those cars. So, um, yeah. you know, and not only that, but he wrecked hard himself. He could have hurt himself. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's definitely got to. He definitely has to understand, um, you know, situations out there on the track and. Um, put himself in better situations because we all know, you know, he's obviously not uh, running with a top tier team and their equipment is definitely not as good as, um, you know, the third tier team, but uh, he, he's got to race smarter than that. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, something, de- something definitely has to happen better for, for that young man. Um, and like you were saying, I think there was, there was even some chatter about, you know, the whole, graduating from, a, you know, the Xfinity series or the truck series up into a cup car rather than just, hey, I, I got some money, I want to drive a cup car, and, and that's that. I mean, there has to be a, there has to be something there. Um, I don't know, maybe he did drive an Xfinity car for a while, and we just missed it, but it doesn't seem like he's the caliber of driver that needs to be in a cup car right now. At least that's not what he's showing us. Yeah. I mean, everybody's dream is to drive a cup car, you know, especially that's yeah. into stock car racing. That's the ultimate. You want to be in the cup series. You want to drive with the best drivers in the world. And I'm yeah, not saying that sure. the kid, uh, you know, might not have the talent down the line, but, you know, you got to understand the equipment that you're in and you got to, you have to race smart because these guys are only going to show you respect um, by the way that you race and the equipment that you're in. And you, if you Good continue story. to tear up cars like this, um, you're not going to last uh, in this sport very long, no matter how much money you have. That's a, and that is a very true story right there. You, I couldn't have said it better. You hit the nail on the head. I mean, <laughs> geez. What are you going to do, though? Exactly. Quinn's wreck wound up changing the game there. Uh, it, it happened in the middle of a pit cycle and caught a couple guys to lap down. Um, yeah. A couple of the couple of the guys that were running up front wind up having to take the wave around. Uh, and uh, lo and behold, Austin Dillon comes in, uh, takes two tires. Tyler Reddick takes no tires. And we, like we talked about, tires really didn't seem to, to play much into um, the race. And I even heard guys were, were running, you know, their fastest lap of the race on on hundred lap, you know, right side tires. So um, Austin Dillon winds up uh, leading twenty two laps and uh, staging off a couple late race restarts from Tyler Reddick and Austin Dillon comes out the winner uh, in Texas after just having yeah, a little boy big. a couple of weeks ago. So that was um, big. Yeah. Real you big. Guys, I mean, you guys also had a good run as well, man. I saw you guys mixing it up there. Ryan had a little, little bit of damage uh, on the front nose of that car, but you guys had uh, were mixing it up there for a little bit up, uh, and and then those late restarts. Yeah, we had we had some bright spots. Um, fighting a loose race car all day, um, or a tight race car. I mean, I'm sorry, fighting a tight race car all day, and just couldn't couldn't seem to get the balance where we needed it until later and. We uh we ended up it was green cycle stops, uh they cost us and we had uh we also had a pit road violation, uh pitted outside the box, uh wasn't caught by our team, and that cost us and you know he slid through the box it wasn't caught by our bunch and had to you know come back down pit road took the penalty fortunately a caution came out we we were the lucky dog got our lap back 
um, killed our pit cycle, put us back in traffic, wasn't able to make up the ground, and then we end up, you know, end, end up in a long green run without track position, and the same thing happens, sit on the green, get a lap down, got the lucky dog back uh, from some late caution. So uh, we we had, I think we had potential for a better day, but circumstances dictated that, you know, we were, we were just in survival mode for a while. And, you know, we just, uh, we, and we need to, we need to perform better. We need to execute better. And that's, and that's how we're going to be able to take this next step to get that car where it belongs up in the top 10, top five. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It was, uh, it was fun to see him up there and, and yeah. I think luck, luck return for you guys here soon. So, um, just a quick recap of, uh, obviously with Austin Dillon winning the race, it's, it's tightening up the playoff standings. Um, back to back weeks, you had guys who, uh, you know, maybe a bit have been in the outside looking in with Cole Custer and Austin Dillon taking up playoff spots now. Um, yeah. You got, uh, Jimmy Johnson, uh, who's the 15th in, in points right now. He's two points up over William Byron, who's 16th in points. And then uh, right behind William Byron, you got Tyler Reddick, Eric Jones, uh, old mm-hmm. Bubba Wallace, and, and Chris Buescher, your uh, Ralph Strenway teammate, uh, in, yep. in 20th in points. So um, only eight races left to, to lock yourself in, and um, the, the the opportunities here seem to be dwindling away for uh, for a lot of guys trying to get into the playoffs. You know, it's funny you say that. Uh, I was thinking about this. We were looking, looking at schedules this week, and, you know, obviously you're – you know, we're in Kansas on a Thursday because I think these were the two weeks we were supposed to be, you know, back-to-back off weeks, which is unheard of in a cup series. But considering, you know, we're trying to make up races and trying to get our schedule back intact. And uh, it's funny you say that, you know, eight races to go. Well, seven of them are in August. Yeah. Yeah. You guys got got seven races in the month of August. Uh, After you come from Kansas, you got that following weekend off, then you go to New Hampshire, you got yep. double hitter in uh, Michigan. Yep. Uh, then I believe you go uh, to the Daytona Road Course. Then to yes. Dover, uh, double hitter at or, Dover, and then you do yep. the oval race at uh, back at Daytona after Dover. Back in Daytona, that's crazy. Yeah, and uh, that 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 takes me right to uh, the next uh, segment, man. Um, Kansas, Kansas is the land of barbecue. If you if you had to pick which barbecue was better. Would you say Texas barbecue or Casey barbecue? Oh man, I can't believe you're gonna put me on the spot for that. <laughs> I mean, that's a tough one right there because they're. I mean, I was just in Texas and I. I mean, I'm just gonna throw this in on Dan's behalf. I was sitting in the hotel and got a text message that says, "Hey, I'm in the lobby," and I'm like, "Okay." So I come down there and my man, he had cooked like a 13 or 14 pound brisket well the man brought this hunk of brisket to me he's he's standing in a lot of mask on got a bag he says hey let's go find a table so we find a table he busts out a cutting board a knife some you know some rubber gloves and this hunk of brisket slices it up for me puts it in the bag he goes here man enjoy this you know blah 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 and i'm like dude you deliver brisket to my hotel man i'm like this is awesome right here and I, it was amazing. Um, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I think I got a good brisket game, but Dan has got it covered. And I, I, we're hoping that we can inspire Billy and he can get his brisket game going because he's been working hard at it. And I'm sure the family's tired of the beef jerky brisket. I, so, I was about to say, you know, I, I definitely think KC barbecue and Texas barbecue is better than Southwest Virginia 
Barbecue, uh, aka Billy Bradley. But we got we got hope for our old <laughs> our old uh, old brother. Um, talk to me a little bit about Kansas, man. It's a it's a multi groove racetrack. It seems like yes. the 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 track has settled in over the years and given us some really good racing. Talk to me a little bit about what we should expect at Kansas. Yes, uh, Kansas. I think Kansas will be a good race. It's hot here as well. Um, temperatures are going to be in the 90s. I believe the um, feels like temp at six o'clock tomorrow night is supposed to be in the upper 90s. But as soon as that big red ball, that grip grabber, goes away, you're going to see you're going to see business pick up, um, and it, it's going to be a good show. Kansas Kansas lends itself to some good racing. I know that. Like you said, when you when you start getting the single digits before before playoff time, guys get really hungry. Guys start making moves. They race a little bit harder. You know, people looking different drivers looking for wins. People trying to get in. I, I mean, I think you're going to see. And we're out here again. We're in a we're in a place where we don't usually come this time of year. Right. So it it, it could lend itself. No practice. It could lend itself to some to some good racing. Like you said, it's a multi groove racetrack. Without PJ one, it's a multi group racetrack. So I, I think there's going to be some good racing here Thursday night. I really do. Um, I'm not anticipating tire issues, but uh, you never know. Like I said, we're nobody has notes for Kansas in July, so you know it, it, it's going to be cool. Yeah, it definitely should make for an interesting race tomorrow night. Um, and obviously, you know, you guys have been practicing, uh, or actually no practice, uh, obviously, since you guys returned from uh, from your COVID um, yeah. break. And NASCAR just announced uh, yesterday that they were not going to have any practice or qualifying for the remainder of the 2020 season. Um, what's, what's your thoughts on that? I'm sure that that gives you a little bit of a, a breather on race weekends, not to have to worry too much about practice, but that just heightens up the intensity for race day. Definitely. Um not having any practice. I mean, I think everybody's been adapting to it pretty well. Drivers have adapted well. Uh, it, it, I And we've discussed this before. It, it definitely made the racing a little bit better, a little more exciting. Um, apparently, they're going to tweak the qualifying type situation, the qualifying draw for the playoffs, which, yeah. I mean, I think that's fair. Yeah, um, I agree. The, as far as the no qualifying, I think the big asterisk or the big capital letter mark on that is the Daytona road course because I there might be what three drivers in the field that have ever been on it and it wasn't in a stock car it was for like the 24 hour race yeah so I I think it's going to be big and there's there's some big speeds there so uh, it it could be could be really exciting the first uh, it could be really exciting that whole race down there let alone I mean the first the first few laps there are probably going to be nuts. Yeah, and, and I, it's, me it's being a high racing aficionado, I'm already looking forward to running the Daytona Road Course because obviously <laughs> in my high racing they had Watkins Glen that week. They were supposed to run um, uh, up there in upstate New York, and um, they switched it to the Daytona Road Course. So I'm actually going to get to run the Daytona Road Course on high racing. So I'll be able to give you some feedback. I don't know if I'm going to be able to help you guys set up wise. You guys, <laughs> you know, I'm sure, uh, right. you know, you guys got that well under uh, underhand. But uh, I'll definitely give you some feedback about what I what I see and what I feel on that road course. Cause hey, it's, it's every definitely little bit helps, Yep. Every <laughs> little bit helps. And um, That's awesome. I think – 
the rest of the year, I, I, I agree with you. You know, um, NASCAR not doing practice, I think it's ultimately made the races better. Look at guys like Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch uh, even came out and said him and Adam Stevens, you know, they look forward to practice because they can make their cars better. And, and Kyle Busch yeah. has went winless. He has not had a yeah. win this year. He's gone a calendar year without a win. That's so, crazy for him. Um, that is yeah. crazy because you're yeah, expecting yeah. to have multiple wins right now. Definitely, and he's your champion from last year. And mm-hmm. obviously, he's uh, he's sitting around 11th, 12th in points. But um, so for Kyle Busch not to have a win here, it's definitely uh, it's definitely got to be eating at uh, eating at their skin, um, not having that that dub. And I, yeah. I, you know, I think this is one of the greatest things NASCAR has done. Obviously. You know, it's unfortunate circumstance with the with the, the COVID nineteen pandemic going on, but these are the best race car drivers in the world. You don't yeah, need to adapt practices to to dial in your race car, especially with the amount of engineering that we have nowadays, the simulators, yeah. um, the rigs, everything uh, that you can use to dial your car in. If your car is not good when you get to the track, you're probably not going to have too many opportunities to get it right. And uh, I, I just think it's made for better racing uh, overall. Definitely, definitely, I agree with you. And I think what you're going to see as a as a result of all this is when things quote unquote go back to like normal schedules and everything like that, the whole normal thing. Uh, I think you're going to see a revamped weekend schedule week to week. Like you won't see two two hour practices or three one out. You know you know, two one-hour practices or three one-hour practices or anything like that, you're going to see one, maybe 50, 45-minute practice, and that's what you're going to get. Right. And you're going to have to have your – you're going to have to have your act together off the truck. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know the tracks – the tracks want practice because that allows fans to be, you know, more at the track during the weekend. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I just it, – if it makes the racing product better, I'm all about doing what's better. And – to me, like I said, the, these are the best drivers in the world. They don't they don't need three, four practice sessions. I mean, you know, no. Hey, if you if you're gonna do practice, give them twenty, thirty minutes to get the car shook uh, shook down, check for any any issues they might have, and say, you know, all right, boys, we're gonna lock them in the garage and we're not touching them until race time on Sunday. So yeah, um, so we're we're gonna go on to our uh, my favorite part of the show, the pick 'em segment. And man, old Billy Bradley got us again, Rob. Got us yeah, he did. again. He snaked through that one, man. I'm gonna tell you, he got through through the skin of his teeth because I was having a hell of a day with my two picks. Chase Elliott and Matt DiBenedetto were having a hell of a day. Matt DiBenedetto was in sure. four, so when uh, when he got the, uh, well, he was running top five when uh, before the Quinn Huff incident. Chase Elliott was having a great day and wound up getting caught a lap down off that pit cycle from the Quinn Huff, and he had to take the wave around. You, your picks, man, they didn't really have uh, that much of a, a, a good day, man. Mark Churis got no. in that big wreck at the start of stage three, and Jimmy Johnson obviously wrecked earlier in the race. So we uh, we 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 weren't looking too good after uh, after the race on Sunday with our picks. But Billy Bradley brought it home. I uh, went in two straight weeks for Billy, man. What, what are we going to do to knock this guy off his high? Man, I don't know, but he it could be one of those things where he might get tough to live with if he keeps winning like that, you know what I mean? Because he's going to let us know all about it. You know that. Yeah, definitely. So, <laughs> uh, Billy could obviously be on, on the pod with us today. So he uh, he phoned in his picks, and 
Let me see. Let's, let's see. Who did he decide to take? He took the same two guys he took the week before. Oh, he's doubling down, is he? He's doubling down. He's taking so my guys. Winner, I see. Billy's winner uh, for this week at Kansas, Kevin Harvick and his dark horse. I can't believe we, we keep calling this guy a dark horse, but he hadn't won a race yet. Kyle yeah. Busch is his dark horse. So strong I, And a strong dark horse at that. So uh, I'm I'm gonna throw it to you, man. I, I I'll pick last again this week, and uh, who who you got as your winner, and who you got as your dark horse? All right. Well, I'm thinking thinking we might see something out of Joey Logano this week. I think I think uh, he's about due, and uh, you know I'm I might have to go with Eric Amarola as my dark horse. That's a good pick. Eric's been running really good the last few weeks. He had he had a good run at the start of Texas. Kentucky, he led a bunch of laps, one stage, one there. And uh, the 10-team the ten just can't put the whole race together. So Yeah. That, yeah they, that's and they, they've been strong, but, yeah, like you said, they, they're having trouble putting, that, putting the whole thing together. And, and, and But they're, it, it's only a matter of time. When you're running well, it's only a matter of time. Definitely. All right, so my picks, man, you, you took my right pick on. for my, my my winner, man. I was going to go Joey Logano, um, and, uh, but uh, I, I'm going to – I think I'm going to double down, man. Uh, no, you know what? Nah, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. My winner, uh, he's had two rough weeks in a row, but uh, Ryan Blaney is going to come out on top this week. Ryan Blaney is finally going to get oh, that nice. dub. Um, so I'm going to take him as uh, as my winner. And you know what? I'm gonna double down on my dark horse because he's having a hell of a three weeks here. Uh, Matt DiBenedetto uh, is gonna be my dark horse, and that Wood Brothers uh, 21. And um, nice. that, there you have it, man. So uh, I know strong. you. Uh, I know you got to get some rest, man, because you got an early flight out to Kansas tomorrow. Um, yeah. Real quick, man. I, I got a little stat for you. Uh, Ryan Newman has 28 starts at Kansas. There's been 28 cup races. He's he's started all 28, and he does not have a pole at Kansas. Is, is that not a crazy stat? Uh, like, yeah, I know we're not qualifying right now. Considering he was now, a pole but, man and we're not qualifying. Yeah, yes. him being a pole man, he won that he is known for. Yeah, that is crazy for yep. him for him being there the whole time. No doubt. Yeah. So I, I saw that stat. I was like, hey man, I gotta tell my man Rob about that one. So. Stay That's safe it. out there, brother, and uh, Thank you. try to bring home a, a, a good finish. I know you guys have been busting your ass, and um, it's going to come, man. So we'll be definitely rooting for you guys. Appreciate it, Jimmy. Thanks, man. I hope everybody yeah. out there has a, enjoys the Thursday night show. These midweek shows are pretty neat. Thursday night from Kansas. Tune in. I, I'm excited. I'm excited to watch. So this is your boy, Jimmy Wags. I'm dropping the hammer, and I, me and Robert catch you guys next time. See you. That's right. See ya. Well, that marks the end of our show. Thanks for listening to Off the Rails, and we hope to see you again next week.